all the times that you're thinking of them are all times that you're not thinking of yourself or other good people in your life. And so you're pouring out energy into these people or a person who not just who it's not even a person that just doesn't have anything for you. It's a person who has actively taken things from you. Hey y'all, welcome back. Welcome back to Boundaries and Grace. I'm Taylor Chandler, your host. (laughs) It's episode two, isn't that nice? Today I'm gonna talk about emotional detoxing. Okay, and I'm just gonna get right into it. And I, you might hear these little rustles. You hear that? Um, because there's these post-its that I have because I wanna make sure that I tell you exactly what it is I need you to know about this, okay? Um, it's a great morning while I'm getting this set up. It's a great morning in Atlanta, okay? It's 2020, we're wrapping up. It's been 2020 for the last 80 years. <laughs> for goodness sake, when is this shit gonna be over? Anyway, it's about to be the holidays, y'all. I love New Year's, actually. New Year's is my favorite holiday. It is. New Year's Eve, I guess, is my favorite holiday, Um, especially in 2020. I cannot wait till New Year's Eve. I'm going to be right up in the house, okay, with my champagne. Maybe I'll do something with, I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is I'm not going to a New Year's Eve party because coronavirus. So I'll be in. I'm not judging you with whatever you do. But that's just what I'm doing. So New Year's is going to be coming, and I'm going to have some things for the January season, okay? Um, Like one thing, you know what? Let's save it. Let's save it. Let's just talk about this emotional detox for now. Detox, the word, the word. I want to just define that part because we kind of, we. I think we're on the same page about what a detox is. Like it's a lot of us, when we think about detox, we think about physical, like exercise exercise, right? Fitness. Why don't I just say that? Fitness, detoxing, losing weights, juicing, saunas, drinking water, detox, eating fruits, vegetable salad. Okay. Detox. That's a lot of times what we think about. Um, Detox tea. Y'all on Instagram, you have seen detox teas. Okay. It's all about like cleaning your body. I'm not promoting detoxes. I'm just saying like you've, you've, you've seen it. You've seen it. Cleaning your body of bad things, things that you don't like. That's all good and great. But what about emotional detox? What about an emotional detox? Um, and why would you need one? Well, 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 you need an emotional detox if you've been dealing with raggedy people. Now, the word raggedy, I thought maybe I need to define that because not all of us not everybody is is uses the word maybe as as regularly as me or you might. So for those that don't, I want to just give more of a definition. Raggedy. A raggedy person is someone who you experience unfavorable things with, okay? Just in general. Nothing, maybe it doesn't need to be nothing too specific. It's just like, man, when I'm around you, things don't go my way. <laughs> things don't go well at all actually it's not it's not about having my way it's about being okay in general and when you're around these types of people things typically do not go okay things go badly okay they're disruptive to your life 
Okay, they are generally out of order in their own life. Like they don't come with a lot of structure, a lot of what's going on. They don't know what's going on. Um, they are just sort of out here doing whatever, doing whatever. And sometimes I'm doing whatever, but even when I'm doing whatever, I'm not like just blowing people's lives up. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just out here all out of line just with no sense of direction, you know, like there's a difference, right? There's a difference between being relaxed and being raggedy where it's nothing's lining up. Okay. If you can't tell from the sound of my voice, I know these kinds of people. Well, some of them are still around. I've just changed my relation to them. You know, I know who they are. I know who they are. So you got to know who you're dealing with. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, you know, it's not about kicking them out of your life, but it's about maybe changing how they show up in your life and how you show up in theirs. It just, y'all don't need to be anyway. So that's what raggedy just is. So we got that out the way. That's one post-it. Let me move on to the next one. Okay. This is another it's from it's a continuation from the last post. Negative emotions come with these kinds of people where you sort of feel like ungrounded, confused, um, angry, sad. They just tend to bring out unfavorable emotions along with unfavorable situations. Now, okay, we have that. That's done. The thing about emotions is that negative emotions especially tend to stick. So when you have had a history of relationships, regardless of, because, you know, whenever I say relationships, I'm talking about all kinds of relationships, unless I'm specifying what type it really is. So all kinds of relationships, people can be raggedy work, family, friends. Raggediness does not discriminate. It can literally be anybody. It can be a roommate. It can be your boyfriend. It can be your wife. It can be, you know, anybody might be this. So, um because they bring out negative emotions and because we as humans are emotional beings, emotions stick normally anyway, especially if you do not have an extensive mindfulness practice. And when I'm working with someone, usually someone does not. Okay. And that's just the majority of the world. The majority of people do not have a regular, consistent or long lasting mindfulness practice like meditation. Okay. So that's just in general for the world, emotions tend to stick to people, but negative emotions tend to stick even more than positive ones. Okay. So if you have a history of these of being around with, in relationship with these kinds of people, you have, because of their nature, been experiencing negative emotions. And because of the nature of emotions, those emotions tend to stick. Y'all see how all that just got connected there? If not, go back about two minutes and replay it because I've done forgot what I, how I just connected that, but it's connected. So if you missed it, rewind it, okay? And let's move on. Let's move on. So those negative emotions tend to stick extra hard um, because they've meant something to you. Not that positive emotions don't mean something to you, but so let me explain what I mean. Negative emotions mean something to you in the sense that your mind is trying to figure out how the hell we got here. How did we get to this feeling? Because in general, most people aren't going through life actually having negative emotions for 23 hours out of the 24, like or rather negative experiences, negative present experiences for 23 hours out of the 24 hours. Meaning that for most people, for most of the day, 
your the situations or experiences that you're having in the present moments as you go through the day are either neutral or they lean towards being basically okay. Okay, that's like a step above neutral, basically okay. So it's not like you walk out of the house and it starts pouring down rain and now your whole your your body is soaked and then when you walk into the grocery store you reach for a cart and someone steals the cart out your hands and now when you walk into the produce section the first apple you pick up has worms coming out of it like that that would be someone experiencing really negative ex- situations and negative experiences like consistently throughout the day now having like a neutral or basically okay experience looks like this instead. I walk into my house. It doesn't start pouring rain. Maybe it's a sprinkle instead that easily dries. And I go into the grocery store and I find, and I get the last cart that's there and I go into the produce section and it takes me two apples to pick up, to find the one that I want to put into the bag. That's a basically okay experience. And you could, I think we can all comfortably say that most people are having basically okay experiences. So it doesn't need to be totally over the top, and it's, but it's also not totally, totally horrible. So when you do experience those extraordinarily horrible, and I put those in quotes because that's also a subjective word, but when you do have that experience with a particular person or particularly people over an extended period of time, your body is like, wait a second, wait a second, this is especially bad. Like this isn't neutral. This isn't basically okay. This is especially bad. And I need to try to make sense out of it because it is out of line with what my normal experience is. Even if, even if your normal experience is neutral, having those especially negative experiences is shaking your brain saying there's something happening here that I need to pay attention to. So it causes extra rumination over those particular experiences and you're connecting those particular experiences with a particular person. Usually it is like just one especially bad person or maybe two parents, maybe one bad parent, maybe one bad ex, maybe one bad boss. Even if you've had other negative experiences before that, there's usually like one or two that stick out um, as those extreme, uh, extreme people or extreme circumstances. Okay. You guys with me so far? Okay. I trust that that was a yes. I'm talking to myself right now. Okay. Anyway, so I think that gives us kind of an understanding of why negative emotions stick out to us more than others and why we spend so much time thinking about them. Another thing about dealing with those types of people and those types of emotions is it often can send us into whether you have been this kind of person or not in the past, when you have dealt with this type of person, okay, or when you do, it's normal to experience uh, the desire to get revenge, okay? Let me clear my throat because I tried to get kind of deep there, like even like real, real deep, it didn't work. Revenge is what I said. So it feels like you came into my life and fucked shit up. Now I would like to fuck shit up, okay? I would like to do that too. Now, you don't have to be a spiteful person in general, like as a as, like as a character trait to feel that way. Like there, there are people in situations that just don't bring it out you, bring it out you, you weren't that way before. And now all of a sudden you're kind of like, I could be, I might be her or maybe, okay, you know, I'm not even gonna go down that road. Okay, I don't wanna give anybody any ideas. If you know, you know, if you know, you know, I think I can leave it at that. So how do you know, how do you know if negative emotions are even like, or why, why it's important or how you know that they're even a problem for you? Um, and then I'm going to talk about how a detox works. 
Okay, but first you need to know if this is even relevant for you. Um, they control your life. I think that sounds kind of basic because I think we, but, but it's true. And so I want to ground us in that fact real quick. Negative emotions feel like they're controlling your life. Even that feeling of revenge, like feeling like I am plotting, literally sitting in my house, plotting how I'm going to get you back. You came fuck shit up. Now I'm coming to fuck shit up and I'm actually sitting down thinking about, I'm driving, I'm thinking about it. How am I going to make you feel as bad as I do? Um, that is that that is controlling your life, okay? That's a part of that, um, and it's just the fact that you're, that we're still you still think of them, ruminate about them, and whenever you find yourself still thinking about someone who has left you, or you have left, or who is um, even presently just still just screwing things up in your life, all the times that you're thinking of them are all times that you're not thinking of yourself or other good people in your life, and so you're pouring out energy into these people or a person who not just who it's not even a person that just doesn't have anything for you. It's a person who has actively taken things from you. Okay. So remember how we said like there was neutral and then there was like, especially bad. Like this is that especially bad. Like you're not even just dead weight. Like you are like actually, I don't know how to make that make sense. Let me back out of that metaphor real quick. You're not just here, okay? You're not just here like where I'm just looking at you and you're kind of just taking up space. Maybe that sounds better. You're not just taking up space. You're in here like fucking with things, like like moving things around, like turning t- turning over tables emotionally, right? Like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Just make you upset. And you know, you'll actually notice that they make you they make your voice raise like that. Like it you when you start like going on and on and on and someone has to be like okay all right girl like we're here like you're safe it's fine it's like you gotta make you have to take deep breaths you gotta be like okay let me just come back to myself real quick but seriously like that that is like what they do and when you're not when you don't have an awareness of that that can happen for hours and hours and hours in your day it prevents you from reaching your own goals okay because guaranteed someone who is bringing negative experiences, negative energy, negative emotions into your life is not, they are not tied to your life path. Okay. Someone who makes you feel like shit is not the way to your riches. Okay. Is not the way to your abundance. Is not the way to your self-love. You do not have to go through them to get that. It's just the fact that a lot of us do like I did. Like, but you don't, it's not a requirement to be treated like shit to realize that you're worthy. It's just that some of us do. Some of us do go through things like that. Like I, like I did, like maybe you did, or maybe, you know, someone that came to realizations through those kinds of experiences. But the point is that they are not you, you being tied to them, whether in relationship or in those negative emotions, in the rumination, in the vengeful thoughts, any tie to that person is not a tie to your ultimate life destiny. It's that's just not how this works, but without getting too metaphysical and spiritual about it, it's just not how it works. Um, and I mean, I guess you could disagree with that if you want, but it would just be a total waste of your time. Okay. And, um, any kind of negative feelings like that, it's, they're just not real. They're not real in the sense that it's over. Like, like it's over. The, the moment has passed. And so the moment existed, but it does not presently exist. So when we're ruminating about those negative feelings, when we don't take the time and don't 
let's say, adopt the practices that we need to or get with the person or the professionals that we need to get with, then we're just continuing to relive something that used to exist but doesn't presently exist. And so you're just wasting a lot of energy and time in the past. On top of that fact, on top of that fact, we also misremember things and we misrepresent things, not even on purpose, not even on purpose. Okay, but when you when the breakup happened six months ago, if you think that you're remembering things line for line exactly the way that they happen, you're mistaken. You just are, even with the best of intentions, even with all the sadness and grief in the world, with all of the valid with all the valid feelings that you have, with all the pain that you've been through. If you are replaying something even a week ago, if you think that you're remembering it perfectly, you're just not. You're just not. Even when you're trying to give a perfectly objective point of view, when you could keep going over the past events, just know that things have gotten a bit shifted, shifted, shifted. I'm not saying you're intentionally misrepresenting things. I'm not saying that we out here lying. But what I am saying is as we're learning about what we've been through or as we're reflecting on it, we start adding new things to it, new terms, love bombing, gaslighting, um, narcissism or other personality disorders, borderline, um, Antisocial, those are personality disorders too. And they all fall in the same grouping. So that's why I mentioned those. Um, or things like intermittent reinforcement. You know, these like buzzwords, emotional abuse. Things like that. New labels that maybe we didn't know about before that could very well be totally accurate, but we start adding them on to past experiences. So we're no longer looking at it through the lens of who we were at that time. So now what we're remembering is actually different because we're 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 looking at it, even if it is from a more intelligent, more grounded perspective, it's still a different from where we're, where we were. So we're no longer in that reality. We're in a new reality. And as you're trying to mix the two, you're trying to mix your past with your present. It's like, why not just use that for, for present to future? Like use that to do something about what you can actually do something about because there's nothing you can do about what happened. There is something to be said about having an understanding. For sure, having an understanding of things I think is helpful, but it's like a bell curve. Once you get to the top of that curve, it becomes a diminishing return. Like learning more about it or going over it over and over and over again becomes actually more harmful than it is good. I'm going to leave that there. Okay. So those are, those are just some reasons like why it's important to take care of these things and why it's a total waste of time. If you, um, if you just continue doing what you're doing and not, not detox from these negative emotions. Okay. So I just kind of want to take a breath because I feel like I just threw a lot out there. So I just kind of take a breath there. And I am, um, I'm going to do a, uh, have a four-week meditation group that you're going to be able to join if you want to learn how to release some of those negative emotions and bring in the new ones. So just be on the lookout for that. That's I'm excited about that. Okay, so in order to move on from those kinds of things, in order to truly detox, now I have a whole relationship detox program, okay? A whole relationship detox program. It's 10 weeks long. It's an hour video call with me per week, every week. And then you also get two check-in calls with me on the phone every single week for 10 weeks because we are like hitting the thing super, super hard. That is the relationship detox. I really encourage you to check that out on my page, threshcoach.com. But if you are not going to do that, if you're not going to 
invest in that relationship detox for yourself. I'm still going to give you three things that you can do right now before you even before you even go to the page. Three things you can do without even working with me to start your own. Um, I'm going to call it like a beginning. I'm going to call it a beginning because this it's it's a it's a good start. It's a good start. So one thing you can do is be conscious, be aware. Like I'm incredibly, 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 incredibly huge on awareness because um, without an awareness of where you're at, the issues that you're facing, all of this means nothing. It means nothing. Like if you can't identify with it as an issue that you personally face, then this means nothing. Because what some people will do for sure is listen to this whole podcast, go to my whole Instagram page, read it all and be like, yes, 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 girl, yes. And but not make it personal. So one thing you have to do is be able to make it personal, not just agree that these things are true, but to be able to also say that it's true for me. And this is how I know that because I can point to this situation. I can point to this personal feeling. I can point to that particular person and say, yes, that's me because of this being making it personal and not just not just consuming knowledge and content because that only gets you so far and too many people stay with the knowledge and don't and without making it personal because it's scary to get personal that's just the truth of it it's scary to bring it into you and say this is this this means something to me because it is a part of me it was a part of me i went through that experience and i can be honest and put it out all put it all on the table so that's the first thing you can do is have an awareness of it be honest admit it at least to yourself first to yourself first okay Number two, something you can do right now to regain power in your life is identifying who you really are. So one thing I encourage my clients to do is to write out, and I have a a worksheet for this that you also get in the detox, which I think is super helpful. It's the very, very, very first week, very first week we go ahead and get this moving is identifying the roles that you play in your life, identifying what role is the most you and how do you know that and identifying what role you play that is the least you and identifying how you know that and then identifying how you know that 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 any of those things are true okay that might sound confusing and that's part of the reason why it's so helpful to work with someone like with that kind of thing but you can start that process on your own and it's as simple as making a list of what roles do you play? Like, am I a mother? Am I a father? Am I a coworker? Am I a supervisor? Am I an entrepreneur? Am I a best friend? Am I a whatever role that you play? Am I a sister? Am I a, a son? And then identifying um, what those roles mean to you. Who made the rules for the roles? Do you agree with them? And if you don't agree with them, why are you still going along with them? That's not a blaming or shaming question. That's a real reflective question. Like if I am a coworker and I'm a coworker at this place that I do not do not like and I'm following rules that I don't agree with, well, who's telling me that I need to do that and how did I come to a place to to even agree with that? Because you when you are in agreement if you're still acting in that. That doesn't so let me I feel like I'm making this more confusing. Mm, let me back it up. Let me back it up. So using the work example, if I am in if I'm in a workplace that I do not like, but I keep waking up and going to that job, that is an agreement. That is an agreement, even if you don't like it. 
You don't have to like it to be acting as if you are in agreement with it. And if you are acting in agreement with it, you are only going to get more of it. Okay, I think that simplified that sufficiently. Okay, so identifying the roles that you play, the rules of those roles, which one is most you, which one is least you. Okay, and doing more of the ones that are most you and, and, and noticing, wondering at least, wondering about, is there something to do about the roles that are least you? Can you, is there anything you can adjust about those things? Do some of them need to be eliminated? If so, how are you going to go about doing that? Um, so that's a, that's a really, really good, powerful thing that you can do for yourself. Um, and if you're in the relationship detox, that's something we do on week one, week one, identifying the roles, regaining power, shifting energy in the roles to make them more you and eliminating or working on shifting the roles that are least you. Okay. And how to make that a habit for your life how to make that a habit for your life, where now as you're going forward, you are only participating and agreeing in acting in roles that are the most you so that you're getting the most out of your day, the most out of your life. Mm, I like that one. That was a good, that's good. Mm -hmm. And then um, a room, room for understanding what happened. So I do leave some space for that. I think that is really helpful for your detox. Um, but again, it is, that's what I'm just so careful about putting boundaries around that because when you dive into understanding what happened, it's so tempting to keep diving, partly because those some of these situations can be so traumatic that understanding it gives us a sense of control, which is very, very helpful, okay? But then continuing to try to learn more and more about the people that hurt us also deflects energy and time and um, intelligence away from ourselves, from knowing ourselves, because we're, we're trying again to know so much about these people that hurt us that we're putting ourselves on the back burner yet again, even in our healing, even in healing, putting yourself on the back burner. Some of you might even end up wanting to heal that person. So you are still acting as you were in that relationship, no matter what kind of relationship it was, where you are take you are the one taking on the, um, let's say like the, like the brunt of it, like the the weight of it, the the burden of it, yes, like the burden of the task, you are again like receiving that on your shoulders instead of letting them figure themselves out and and working on you, okay mm. so those are some things that you can do for yourself, so coming to an understanding of what happened, but setting some really clear boundaries um about how much you're going to learn about it and then. Um, being able to redirect your energy once you do have that knowledge and you find yourself trying like when you do come to those points where you do want to dig a little bit deeper being able to stop yourself and say okay like I'm finding myself note I'm noticing that I'm wanting to watch more YouTube videos or I want to go get back on Instagram and hashtag narcissistic abuse and learn more and more and more being able to stop yourself and say yo how can I put how can I turn this energy unto me can I go for a walk instead do I need to go to the gym can I feed my dog can I can I can I um, make a, an appointment with Taylor, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about some of that? So again, like you can, that's a good start. That's a really, really good start for getting some control over those emotions for beginning that detox. But I really, really encourage you to invest in yourself and check out the relationship detox that I have available to you. 10 week program 
Every week, it's a video call with me for an hour. The first one is even longer, an hour and a half. Um, and then two check-in phone calls a week. You also get ho- some homework assignments, which aren't required, but are super, super helpful. And then I always think, I think like with everything in life, like the more that you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. So those are options. Like that's, I leave that as an option for everybody and always encourage people to do it. Some people use their check-ins to um, go over their homework assignments and some people just use it as a, a reflective tool for them. So either way, I, like whatever way you want to use it works. And you're going to... And I can't wait. I'm going to have I can't wait to have some of these people on the on the on the podcast. I'm doing an interview with a really amazing client that I've had and she's going to tell you more about it from her own mouth. But now it's from mine, okay? So, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about what you're going to get from it because it's like this is this you know, you don't get a certificate of of like, "Oh, you're healed." You know, it's not like a like a tangible like trophy that you're going to walk away from, but what I can tell you that you're going to walk away from is more confidence. I can tell you you're going to walk away with increased control, healthy control in your life and over your emotions and direction of your life. I can absolutely tell you that. I can tell you that your anxiety is going to decrease. I can tell you that um, because we experience increased hyper anxiety, hyper vigilance, hyper arousal. Um, when we have been in relationships with raggedy people, toxic people, um, abusive people, our anxiety goes up. We're going to take that down and learn how to get control of that. Um, and I can tell you that your self-acceptance is going to increase. Your knowledge of yourself is going to increase. I can absolutely tell you that. Um, but that's for me. So I'm, I'm going to get these clients on so they can so they can tell you out their own mouth. Um, and if you have any questions for me, you can always... Um, or you want to just you want to talk about some? You can definitely schedule a clarity call with me. That's totally free. We can start free podcast free clarity calls free. Okay, but like most coaches will tell you, the transformation does happen after the transaction. We can definitely talk about what that means a little bit more in depth, or what does investing in yourself mean um, from a financial perspective. I had no problem doing that because I I had to get real good with um, investing in myself. Investing in my mental health, my growth, and putting putting some dollar signs behind it, and my transformations happened after, happened after doing that, and even like this podcast and my business. That's my money. That's my money that I put that I've put into that I put into growth, right? And so this is really where the transformations happen, and I have no issue talking to nobody about um, how to how to make those kinds of shifts in your life, or even why it might be important. And you can we can explore that together too. Um, how to do that because I, yep, I get it. I get it. Um, if you want to start on a more like on your own, beside, aside from those kind of like three steps that I gave you, you can also get Enough of the Narc. That's an ebook that I have available on my site, threshcoach.com. It's $9. It is a really fun, easy read. Okay. Enough of the Narc. And that's another good way that you can qualify yourself and see if this kind of work might be helpful for you, especially if you've had a history of relationships with um, toxic people, especially narcissists or someone that you suspect might have narcissistic tendencies or even a personality disorder, reading this book, Enough of the Narc, that I wrote and is available on my site could be really, really helpful for you to see kind of like where you're at or what you might be interested in talking about with me or whoever you choose, whoever, whatever therapist or coach you decide on. Okay, so those are some options for you. Those are some options for you. As always, DM me um, at Thresh Coach on Instagram. 
DM me. I'm going to put the tag in the show notes. If you have any questions you would like me to answer or any topics you would like to have me cover. There's a lot coming up for y'all. So make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of it. I really appreciate it if you rate the podcast and leave a comment if you feel so compelled. I hope you have a wonderful day and I will see you soon. Thank you.